Chapter One of An Essay of the Shaking Palsy by James Parkinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One Definition, History, Illustrative Cases Shaking Palsy, Paralysis, Agitans, Involuntary Tremulous Motion with lessened muscular power imparts not an action and even when supported with a propensity to bend the trunk forward and to pass from a walking to a running pace the senses and intellects being uninjured the term shaking palsy has been vaguely employed by medical writers in general by some it has been used to designate ordinary cases of palsy in which some slight tremblings have occurred whilst by others it has been applied to certain anomalous affections not belonging to palsy the shaking of the limbs belonging to this disease was particularly noticed as will be seen when treating of the symptoms by gallon who marked its peculiar character by an appropriate term the same symptom it will also be seen was accurately treated of by sylvius de la boy junker also seems to have referred to this symptom having divided tremor into active and passive he says of the latter ad affectus semi-paralyticos pertin de qualibus hic agimus cicque tremores paralytroide vocantur tremor has been adopted as a genus by almost every nosologist but always unmarked in their several definitions by such characters as would embrace this disease the celebrated Cullen, with his accustomed accuracy, observes tremorum ut pote semper symptomaticum enumerum generum hesepere nolum species autumn a savegisio hesensitas praut mihe vel asthenae vel paralysios vel convulsiones symptomata esse videntur his subjuncum tremor can indeed only be considered as a symptom although several species of it must be admitted in the present instance the agitation produced by the peculiar species of tremor which here occurs is chosen to furnish the epithet by which this species of palsy may be distinguished history so slight and nearly imperceptible are the first inroads of this malady and so extremely slow is its progress that it rarely happens that the patient can form any recollection of the precise period of its commencement the first symptoms perceived are a slight sense of weakness with a proneness to trembling in some particular part sometimes in the head but most commonly in one of the hands and arms these symptoms gradually increase in the part first affected and at an uncertain period but seldom in less than twelve months or more the morbid influence is felt in some other part thus assuming one of the hands and arms to be first attacked the other at this period becomes similarly affected after a few more months the patient is found to be less strict than usual in preserving an upright posture this being most observable whilst walking but sometimes while sitting or standing sometimes after the appearance of this symptom and during its slow increase one of the legs is discovered slightly to tremble and also found to suffer fatigue sooner than the leg of the other side and in a few months this limb becomes agitated by similar tremblings and suffers a similar loss of power hitherto the patient will have experienced but little inconvenience 
and befriended by the strong influence of habitual endurance would perhaps seldom think of his being the subject of disease except when reminded of it by the unsteadiness of his hand whilst writing or employing himself in any nicer kind of manipulation but as the disease proceeds similar employments are accomplished with considerable difficulty the hand failing to answer with exactness to the dictates of the will walking becomes a task which cannot be performed without considerable attention the legs are not raised to that height or with that promptitude which the will directs so that the utmost care is necessary to prevent frequent falls at this period the patient experiences much inconvenience which unhappily is found daily to increase the submission of the limbs to the directions of the will can hardly ever be obtained in the performance of the most ordinary offices of life the fingers cannot be disposed of in the proper directions and applied with certainty to any proposed point as time and the disease proceed difficulties increase writing can now be hardly at all accomplished and reading from the tremulous motion is accomplished with some difficulty whilst at meals the fork not being duly directed frequently fails to raise the morsel from the plate which when seized is with much difficulty conveyed to the mouth at this period the patient seldom experiences a suspension of the agitation of his limbs commencing for instance in one arm the wearisome agitation is borne until beyond sufferance when by suddenly changing the posture it is for a time stopped in that limb to commence generally in less than a minute in one of the legs or in the arm of the other side harassed by this tormenting round the patient has recourse to walking a mode of exercise to which the sufferers from this malady are in general partial owing to their attention being thereby somewhat diverted from their unpleasant feelings by the care and exertion required to ensure its safe performance but as the malady proceeds even this temporary mitigation of suffering from the agitation of the limbs is denied the propensity to lean forward becomes invincible and the patient is thereby forced to step on the toes and fore part of the feet whilst the upper part of the body is thrown so far forward as to render it difficult to avoid falling on the face in some cases when the state of the malady is attained the patient can no longer exercise himself by walking in his usual manner but is thrown on the toes and fore part of the feet being at the same time irresistibly impelled to take much quicker and shorter steps and thereby to adopt unwillingly a running pace in some cases it is found necessary entirely to substitute running for walking since otherwise the patient on proceeding only a very few paces would inevitably fall in this stage the sleep becomes much disturbed the tremulous motion of the limbs occur during sleep and augment until they awaken the patient and frequently with much agitation and alarm the power of conveying the food to the mouth is at length so much impeded that he is obliged to consent to be fed by others the bowels which had been all along torbid now in most cases demand stimulating medicines of very considerable power the expulsion of the feces from the rectum sometimes requiring mechanical aid as the disease proceeds towards its last stage the trunk is almost permanently bowed the muscular power is more decidedly diminished and the tremulous agitation becomes violent 
the patient walks now with great difficulty and unable any longer to support himself with his stick he dares not venture on this exercise unless assisted by an attendant who walking backwards before him prevents his falling forwards by the pressure of his hands against the forepart of his shoulders his words are now scarcely intelligible and he is not only no longer able to feed himself but when the food is conveyed to the mouth so much are the actions of the muscles of the tongue pharynx etc impeded by impaired action and perpetual agitation that the food is with difficulty retained in the mouth until masticated and then as difficultly swallowed now also from the same cause another very unpleasant circumstance occurs the saliva fails of being directed to the back part of the fauces and hence is continually draining from the mouth mixed with the particles of food which he is no longer able to clear from the inside of the mouth as the debility increases and the influence of the will over the muscles fades away the tremulous agitation becomes more vehement it now seldom leaves him for a moment but even when exhausted nature seizes a small portion of sleep the motion becomes so violent as not only to shake the bed hangings but even the floor and sashes of the room the chin is now almost immovably bent down upon the sternum the slops with which he is attempted to be fed with the saliva are continually trickling from the mouth the power of articulation is lost the urine and feces are passed involuntarily and at the last constant sleeplessness with slight delirium and other marks of extreme exhaustion announce the wished-for release case one almost every circumstance noted in the preceding description was observed in a case which occurred several years back in which from the particular symptoms which manifested themselves in its progress from the little knowledge of its nature acknowledged to be possessed by the physician who attended and from the mode of its termination excited an eager wish to acquire some further knowledge of its nature and cause the subject of this case was a man rather more than fifty years of age who had industriously followed the business of a gardener leading a life of remarkable temperance and sobriety the commencement of the malady was first manifested by a slight trembling of the left hand and arm a circumstance which he disposed to attribute to his having been engaged for several days in a kind of employment requiring considerable exertion of that limb although repeatedly questioned he could recollect no other circumstance which he could consider as having been likely to have occasioned his malady he did not suffer much from rheumatism or been subject to pains of the head or had ever experienced any sudden seizure which could be referred to apoplexy or hemiplegia in this case every circumstance occurred which has been mentioned in the preceding history case two the subject of the case which was next noticed was casually met with in the street it was a man sixty-two years of age the greater part of whose life had been spent as an attendant at a magistrate's office he had suffered from the disease about eight or ten years all the extremities were considerably agitated the speech was very much interrupted and the body much bowed and shaken he walked almost entirely on the fore part of his feet and would have fallen every step if he had not been supported by his stick he described the disease as having come on very gradually and as being according to his full assurance the consequence of considerable 
irregularities in his mode of living and particularly of indulgence in spiritous liquors he was the inmate of a poorhouse of a distant parish and being fully assured of the incurable nature of his complaint declined making any attempts for relief case three the next case was also noticed casually in the street the subject of it was a man of about sixty-five years of age of a remarkable athletic frame the agitation of the limbs and indeed of the head and of the whole body was too vehement to allow it to be designated as trembling he was entirely unable to walk the body being so bowed and the head thrown so forward as to oblige him to go on a continued run and to employ his stick every five or six steps to force him more into an upright posture by projecting the point of it with great force against the pavement he stated that he had been a sailor and attributed his complaints to having been for several months confined in a spanish prison where he had during the whole period of his confinement lain upon the bare damp earth the disease had here continued so long and made such a progress as to afford little or no prospect of relief he besides was a poor mendicant requiring as well as the means of medical experiment those collateral aids which he could only obtain in an hospital he was therefore recommended to make trial if any relief could in that mode be yielded him the poor man however appeared to be by no means disposed to make the experiment case four the next case which presented itself was that of a gentleman about fifty-five years who had first experienced the trembling of the arms about five years before his application was on account of a considerable degree of inflammation over the lower ribs on the left side which terminated in the formation of matter beneath the fascia about a pint was removed on making the necessary opening and a considerable quantity discharged daily for two or three weeks on his recovery from this no change appeared to have taken place in his original complaint and the opportunity of learning its future progress was lost by his removal to a distant part of the country case five in another case the particulars of which could not be obtained and the gentleman the lamented subject of which was only seen at a distance one of the characteristic symptoms of this malady the inability for motion except in a running pace appeared to exist to an extraordinary degree it seemed to be necessary that the gentleman should be supported by his attendant standing before him with a hand placed on each shoulder until by gently swaying backward and forward he had placed himself in equipoise when giving the word he would start in a running pace the attendant sliding from before him and running forward being ready to receive him and prevent his falling after his having run about twenty paces case six in a case which presented itself to observation since those above mentioned every information as to the progress of the malady was very readily obtained the gentleman who was the subject of it is seventy-two years of age he has led a life of temperance and has never been exposed to any particular situation or circumstance which he can conceive likely to have occasion or disposed to this complaint which he seems rather to regard as incidental upon his advanced age than as an object of medical attention he however recollects that about twenty years ago he was troubled with lumbago which was severe and lasted some time about eleven or twelve or perhaps more years ago he first perceived weakness in the left hand and arm and soon after found the trembling commence 
and about three years afterwards the right arm became affected in a similar manner and soon afterwards the convulsive motions affected the whole body and began to interrupt the speech in about three years from that time the legs became affected of late years the action of the bowels had been very much retarded and at two or three different periods had been made to yield to the action of very strong cathartics but within the last twelve months this difficulty has not been so great perhaps owing to an increased secretion of mucus which envelops the passing feces and which precedes and follows their discharge in considerable quantity about a year since on waking in the night he found that he had nearly lost the use of the right hand and that his face was much drawn to the left side his medical attendant saw him the following day when he found him languid with a small and quick pulse but without pain in the head or disposition to sleep nothing more therefore was done than to promote the action of the bowels and apply a blister to the back of the neck and in about a fortnight the limbs had entirely recovered from their palsied state during the time of their having remained in this state neither the arm nor the leg of the paralytic side was in the least affected with the tremulous agitation but as their paralyzed state was removed the shaking returned at present he is almost constantly troubled with the agitation which he describes as generally commencing in a slight degree and gradually increasing until it arises to such a height as to shake the room when by a sudden and somewhat violent change of posture he is almost always able to stop it but very soon afterwards it will commence in some other limb in a small degree and gradually increase in violence but he does not remember the thus checking of it to have been followed by any injurious effect when the agitation had not been thus interrupted he stated that it gradually extended through all the limbs and at last affected the whole trunk to illustrate his observation as to the power of suspending the motion by a sudden change of posture he being then just come in from a walk with every limb shaking threw himself rather violently into a chair and said now i am as well as ever i was in my life the shaking completely stopped but returned within two minutes time he now possessed but little power in giving a required direction to the motions of any part he was scarcely able to feed himself he had written hardly intelligibly for the last three years and at present could not write at all his attendants observed that of late the trembling would sometimes begin in his sleep and increase until it awakened him when he always was in a state of agitation and alarm on being asked if he walked under much apprehension of falling forwards he said he suffered much from it and replied in the affirmative to the question whether he experienced any difficulty in restraining himself from getting into a running pace it being asked if whilst walking he felt much apprehension from the difficulty of raising his feet if he saw a rising pebble in his path he avowed in a strong manner his alarm on such occasions and it was observed by his wife that she believed that in walking across the room he would consider as a difficulty the having to step over a pin the preceding cases appear to belong to the same species differing from each other perhaps only in the length of time which the disease had existed and the stage at which it had arrived End of chapter one